Thanks for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're with comic Jason Melton. Jason Melton, how the hell are you? I'm doing really good. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming on. We follow you everywhere. You are you are cool, Jason Melton. Man, yep. I mean, you were just fucking cool on all the socials. You are cool, Jason Melton. Yeah, that's because uh, Jason Melton was taken, and uh, so I'm the cool uh, version of that guy. <laughs> like, I hate that guy, whoever that is. The other guy is uncool because he's a gunner, man. He just fucking beats you to it because he's a type A prick, right? Yeah, every yeah everything. <laughs> and I'm sure it's the same guy. Yeah. Oh, have you, have you kind of checked it out? Because he also has JasonMelton.com, whereas you have JasonMeltonComedy.com. Yep, yep. I'm, so I'm, have you kind I'm, of, like, sussed this guy out? Is he suspect or what? He's he's in hiding, if I can find him. <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker. He knows you're doing comedy, man. If you find out about, what, like, his particular, you're just going to make fun of him mercilessly. Yeah, that's right. I'm go- yeah, I'm looking for him. <clears throat> but, yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me on your podcast. Yeah, man. Well, dude, I had to find out just how cool you cool you were because I follow you on socials here. And um, we're going to talk about something real quick before we get into kind of like general comedy topics. You are a high school dropout who subsequently <laughs> taught college philosophy. How does that even happen? Yeah, well, I mean, it's not that interesting a story, I guess. But I I, uh, I just uh, dropped out of high school because I hated it and I hated everybody. Right. <laughs> And then uh, I started uh, dating this woman who like pressured me to go back to school. Fucking so bitch, that, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, was, it was my first girlfriend, so I was trying hard. And, uh, <laughs> and, you thought everything she recommends, you're like, oh, I better do this. She's yeah, my first so, girlfriend. I'll never have another one. It, yeah, that's how that's how it felt. Yeah. I was uh, I'm anxiously attached, you know. Yeah. But that's what uh, so it feels I, like back in the day. But like, so you kind of took her advice, and then what? You had to go back and finish your GED, and then go to college, or what? Yeah, I did. Like, um, I went back to. I had to do like uh, homeschooling, and I went back to high school for like my senior year. Yeah. So, so it was like doing like double work. Were you the old dude in class? Like, how long had you been out? But it was it was okay because she was controlling. So I lost all my friends, and I had a lot of free time to do homework. Uh, but like i mean how many years were you older than the people you graduated with i actually i didn't have to stay an extra year like i had just like i just had to do like my senior year like i did like regular full-time high school classes and like another bunch of classes outside like homeschool okay and you had nothing but time (laughs) yeah lots of time yeah so yeah so why did this not really why did this relationship not work out i mean she sounded great Oh yeah, she um fell in love with somebody else. <laughs> She's like, I I can make this guy do shit for me. I can send yeah, him to yeah. college. <laughs> she found somebody else, and then uh, but then she came back years later and uh, begged for my forgiveness. But I I I would not I wouldn't forgive her, you know. So I kind of won, like yeah. Everybody waits for that. You won it. You got it. Yeah. Thought, did it feel as good as everybody thinks it will? It was yeah. It was awesome. That was the best thing ever. <laughs> Yes, come to Jason Melton. When you come, yeah, everyone comes crawling back. I'm always right. <laughs> that doesn't have with the other Jason Melton. Fuck that guy. No way. That other guy, yeah. But I just want this woman. He's gonna, to he's so... gonna come crawling back to me. <laughs> Please take this website. Yeah. Uh, 
please, you are, I made a, I made an awful mistake. You are the <laughs> Jason Melton. And so I think um, th th this woman, it'd just be so great if all she wanted, like she was obsessed, she had a fetish, and it was just having people, like forcing people to get their their high school degrees. And like the minute <laughs> you got yours, she's like, ah, well, the thrill is gone. Let me get another person to do the same thing. And then yeah. did you go to college or what? Yeah, so yeah, I, okay. um, I didn't really know what to do, so I went to college, and there was like a local college that like kind of accepted everybody. But it was Purdue University, but it was like, it's called Purdue Northwest. It's like their smaller campus. Okay. So I went there, and like I just like liked college. Like I hated high school. I think I was just anti-authority. Like I hated high school because it's so authoritative. You know. You have to college, go. College is like they don't care what you do. Yeah. Yeah, I got caught sleeping in class once. Like, like I woke up and the professor was just staring at me, like like yeah. six inches from my face, and I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Like I, I said, "I'm sorry." Afterwards, he's like, "You don't, you don't have to." No, I think because in the mid, like when he woke me up, he goes, "If you're this tired, don't come." And so, like, yeah. I apologized after. He was like, "No, I was serious. You literally <laughs> do not have to come to this class. Like, nobody's forcing you. Like." I wasn't being mean. I was just trying to tell you, like, you absolutely do not have to come. And that's kind of college, you know, certain teachers for college don't make you come. And, and for some, I didn't go and I didn't, I didn't go to the class, didn't buy the book and still wrote a paper and passed the class. And so like you, you yeah. kind of got off on the freedom and you were, uh, you know, you were awesome high school, Jason Melton all over again. You were just kicking college's ass just like you did high school after you had left. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. So I, and then, uh, yeah, I loved so I like loved college and I studied philosophy. You know, that's like that's like what people major in when they're huge like nerds. You know, like yeah. you just like learning. <laughs> so so you just like study learning because <laughs> there's a lot of reading, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's reading and it's like uh, it's reading old stuff too. So you have to read slow because it's like they're almost speaking another language because it's all you know like they use words like betwixt and stuff. Yes. Well, I don't mind betwixt, but I use betwixt myself. Um, but usually it's in the context of, you know, betwixt, betwixt two tits or something. Because you can kind of get really high and low with it. But, yeah, but like, yeah. I always thought philosophy was kind of a racket in that each book will kind of set up its own dictionary. And so a lot yeah. of, like, learning a philosopher is, is learning his words for things. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. That's true. And that's what that the, the I think the thing that was the most annoying because I wanted to be a philosophy. I actually taught philosophy for like four years. I said that, but you said that. But um I want to know, yeah, I'm, I'm still gonna to get that. to you actually becoming a teacher of it, like yes, go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to do that for the rest of my life, but that was my problem was sort of like when you really get deep in philosophy, it's like you can't prove anything. Like everything yeah. is kind of unknown, like the same questions that people had back like in Socrates time there's still like nobody really knows so and, like, and also, also it, just like it's such everybody has their little corner of it so like if it's like PhDs you know like you, your your yeah. knowledge is an inch dip inch deep and a mile inch wide and a mile deep or something whereas like you're yeah. so smart at the one thing that how can anyone disprove each other and you know, so like everybody knows general shit, and they can kind of like you know examine you and ask you questions about your dissertation. But do they even know enough to yeah. know that you got it unlocked? I don't know that they do. So is that the same thing for philosophy? For philosophy, that everybody's in their own little corner. So how yeah. can anybody challenge somebody else's conclusions? I think I, yeah, I think it's a very like that was the other thing I liked about philosophy is like it, it used to be exactly the opposite like. Like people like Descartes were like writing paper, or like Aristotle has like a biology book. Like Descartes <laughs> wrote like a what was considered like the main like theory of how planets moved, even though yeah. he was a 
like writing about epistemology and like theories of knowledge and and uh uh so he and he was a and they were all in the military somehow too they were always like had like war background and they're lawyers and like i thought that was awesome how they were all like these universal like like do everything people but now it's like people are writing their their phd dissertations on like one word like the definition yeah. Like, I remember we had a teacher who was like an aesthetics teacher and her thing was, I think her dissertation was about like, if you do a, like a dance, like everyone, you know, like a, a, like a traditional dance in a modern context, is it like changed the meaning of it or something? You know, <laughs> it's hard to even understand what that means. That was philosophical at all? Yeah, it's, I don't know. It has... Yeah, it's aesthetics, I guess. It's like the study of art. Oh. And so my, so you kind of like got, you're like, you know, if I can't know anything, what the fuck am I in this for? Because I would think that you go into it to get answers, right? Yeah. Yeah, you really, it really just helps you know the questions. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, because like, I mean, you could take something that I like, and I love this. this is my favorite thing to do because I, I went to law school, and so I'm kind of a lawyer by nature. And oh, nice! In training, if not licensure anymore, I was licensed in Illinois for about a year, but I've been in law ever since just because I love it. But like, I don't go around saying like things categorically because like the minute somebody else says that to me, I turn on my argument champion hat. Like I won argument yeah. competitions in law school for that shit because you can be like, dude, you just uttered a categorical statement. <laughs> My fucking presence that let's let's dive into that for 20 minutes right like like that's when you you get so good at like you know calling others bullshit at saying that they yeah. know certain things like you can just kind of sit back and wait for somebody else to do it and then attack them viciously and how, how yeah. can all that be how can all that be funny <laughs> yeah. philosophy really you know like asking the right questions and not knowing anything about anything i imagine that can be funny on stage right I, I totally, I mean, yeah, I think it can be, I, I was going to add what you said though. It's like, I really do think that in some ways that's ruined my life. Like <laughs> I was, I, I was already like anti-authority and stuff as a kid, but then you study philosophy and you just learn how to argue. And I, I, I quit drinking, but when I used to drink, I used to get people to swing on me all the time in bars. Just like, I don't know what I was doing. I was just talking, <laughs> but it's like turned me into such a, a like argumentative contrarian person. I mean I, I mean, I think contrarian is pretty funny for comedy, right? Yeah, I think what, so. What things are you talking We're on? For, yeah, were you talking on stage, and well, like, what are you kind of mining for last when it comes to being a contrarian on stage? Um, you know what? I think it's funny. I think it's one of the funniest things you could ever do in comedy, but it gets you in trouble a lot nowadays. But I think it's very funny to take the wrong point of view and sort of defend it in a stupid way. I guess this is called just satire, you know, but. You know, like you're pointing out like why a point of view is stupid by by articulating like the dumb reasons behind it. Yeah, but I, I was kind of wanted to do that. Like, I don't like just getting up and doing material like for yeah. me, it was have to be um, performance art where I, I gave myself the Herculean task of like saying something that was indefensible and then really mm -hmm. quickly trying to defend it over the next yeah. five, five minutes or whatever, because I mean, it, because I talk really fast and things like that, so I really think that I could make it happen somehow. Uh, I just couldn't. Yeah. I just couldn't arrive at the one thing that I could say that's indefensible. That's not going to really, you know, because you want them to listen. So that's be interesting enough for them to listen and go on the journey with you. But you know, I think that some people, you know, certain things are off limits. And I'm not a big like woke guy where it's like ah nobody can say anything yeah. on a comedy club. That just gets tiring. But 
but like I would enjoy doing it on stage. So you're already doing that, huh? You're kind of like saying something and then, then kind of defending it. I yeah, sometimes I mean I, yeah, I say stuff off color, but I try and I I don't want it to be a bit woke or not. You I want to have fun on stage, so it's like I don't want to turn off the entire crowd by saying something crazy. But yeah, I do want to kind of push around the edges. An example that I thought was funny that just kind of naturally happened recently is I watched um, Kanye, some of the clips of Kanye West talking recently, and he <laughs> said, uh, this is an example of that that I don't think he meant, but is to me hilarious. He says uh, he thinks that Hitler's like a good guy <laughs> lately is what he's been saying. Yeah. Insane. But then he said his reason why is because Hitler invented highways. <laughs> did he? I don't think he did. I, I don't think he did. <laughs> that's cool. So how do you kind of get off on that? Do you, do you like, I mean, do you say that's like this? You know, like, do you turn it into, I know Mark Norman does a lot where it's almost like you're, you're, you're talking about this is like this. Well, if you say that, then this is true. Like, yeah. like how, how do you kind of get laughs out of that just by saying he's, I mean, you can't just say that's ridiculous because he didn't invent highways. You have to, you know, I'm going to put my foot in my mouth and lose $50 million in endorsement deals because <laughs> I think that this is, you know, I think Genghis Khan, you know, invented the, the Chinese finger trap or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, I think that's, I don't really have a joke about this. This is like a newer thing that just, I've been trying to write a joke about this. Yeah. I just think, I mean, just trying to understand his point of view in general is insane, but. Uh... But that's cool, because I mean, starting yeah. from that, like starting from a famous person's words, you're already kind of dealing on shared turf. Like, like so I mean, that, that's kind of a good thing to mine for last by just picking out like a ridiculous thing a celebrity has said. And, and you know, what are some successful, like without going into the bit itself, like what have been kind of successful subjects for you on stage oh. and why? And why are they successful for you coming out of your mouth and what you look like and talk like rather than somebody else who who might look or talk differently? Yeah, I, I so I just recorded an album, so I'm kind of writing all new stuff. But uh, oh, like cool. a lot of the stuff I talked about on the album was like I talked about like growing up in, in Northwest Indiana where I grew up. And I sort of like talked about like underage drinking and sort of defending it, you know, stuff like that. Like I said, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's already funny man uh, that's yeah. why it became a big chunk of your your album yeah yeah well yeah i did this Defending whole thing. It. i say it's good you know to like uh start drinking young so your brain doesn't develop too much and you don't end up like <laughs> like that i think ted kaczynski could have used like some underage <laughs> he had way too many brain cells didn't he yeah yeah like me and i'm never gonna make a bomb you know <laughs> So that was a good chunk. And how, like, you know, at what point, like you're, you're rocking open mics and stuff. And is that something you just kind of, you know, back in the day, meaning like when you wrote this for the first time, which, you know, I imagine was months or years ago, um, you know, how, you know, when did that come out of your mouth and how did you, I mean, do you just know immediately it was comedy gold? I mean, cause you told me the premise and I was like, that's fucking hilarious. You're defending <laughs> underage drinking. I, I, well, you know, if, yeah. Talk, talk about right. Like writing process. I kind of like, um, uh, I had like a story of, that I wanted to tell about like a crazy thing happened when I was underage drinking. And I think I just kind of like uh -huh. write some like supplementary jokes to like get into the topic. Yeah. You know, and I think that's how that came about, <laughs> you know, like, uh, is like, it funnier than the story you know, then? Like you're, you're defensive it and likening it to tech, you know, Ted Kaczynski could use a couple more drinks or a couple more natty lights or something like, did that yeah. get more laughs than the story or no? 
it just gets laughs throughout. I mean, I think uh, the story is pretty crazy. Like I talk about, like I was 15 years old. I go to Gary, uh, Indiana, which is like the murder capital. It's kind of where I grew up. <laughs> and we were like asking people for booze, and this guy had us like get in his car, and it, <laughs> and uh, he ends up just letting us go. But like this story is like very tense because you think I'm gonna die the whole time. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> that is cool because yeah, he could have done any number of things. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you know, now that you're writing a new album, mm. you know, like, how does it feel, you know, you're not doing the thing where I'm going to retire all my material, you know, like, you know, the whole yeah. Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld thing and the fact, you know, Jay Leno's like, you mean you have nothing? Like, you can't even just pull out some A material just to fucking get people going? Like, you're not doing right. that. You're still working your new stuff into your old stuff while you're on stage? Yeah, I mean, if, yeah, for shows and stuff, I, I would do I would do my old stuff just because I haven't really written anything substantial yet. But uh, I, I really don't want to do my old material. Like, I want to write a whole new hour. I would love to do an hour every year now. But it did take me, what, like nine years, ten years to get to this point. So so it's, and, hard, to, it's hard to be like, I'm going to have another hour next year. And did you try in Indiana or did you come to Chicago pretty quickly in your comedy career? I started, I started doing Chica- uh, comedy here in Chicago. Okay. I moved. Yeah, I moved here in my early 20s and started doing comedy. I was in bands and stuff. Yeah, so we were, me too. Yeah, yeah. And then um, and then I got kicked out of a band, and I, I kind of like started doing stand-up around the same time. How do you get kicked out of a band, Jason Milton? <laughs> I used to be a big drunk. I quit drinking like six uh... years Yeah, like I was saying, like, I'm drunk, kind of, I was kind of crazy, and... I was not, and also just not very good at music. Like I can't sting well. <laughs> Too drunk and crazy for a band. Yeah. That's that's something. There's a lot more cons and pros on my list as a band member. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I got kicked out. But then you got cleaning. You did comedy, or were you drinking during the beginning of comedy? Because like for I me, was... it fucks up my digestion bad. Like if like oh, it does, I'm, yeah. I'm uh, but it, it doesn't fuck it up the minute I'm out there. Like so I'm a big like you know I'm a competitive argument guy, and so <laughs> like I used to get nervous before, but then during I'm fine. And so like there was a buddy who was going to do stand up at the Cubby Bear, so I went for him, and um, then I was like I think I'm going to get up there, so I got up before him and I slaughtered. And then oh, he, got, okay. he got he got he got up there and he just fucking bombed big time. Like he's doing his worst Chris Rock impression when this guy's white. Um, he just couldn't. He just kept saying "fucking bitch" over and over again. He didn't say any joke at all. I think he just kind of like he didn't. He's just not good on stage. But for him, he doesn't get nervous until the time up. And I'm like, no, you get oh. nervous before, and then on stage, like you're just fucking. You know, you're in the moment and you're creating on stage, and so it, it just digest. Yeah. It fucks up my shit so much all day long that i knew that i couldn't be a comedy and enjoy a quality of i couldn't do stand-up comedy and enjoy a quality of life the rest of my day you know i was like yeah. no nah, man I, you have to enjoy the process if you really want to be a comedian and hustle to five mics a night you have yeah. to enjoy the process and so like were you drinking at the beginning of it or were you sober the whole time no i was i was drinking a lot for the first um, few years i did stand up but i really think that i probably would have quit because i think i was just bombing every every time and just like because you were drunk, like, because you were drunk maybe or no or because you're yeah. bad I, I both like i was okay. brand new bad i was also like really experimental like i was trying to do like really i guess old comedy i didn't know what i didn't know what it would be called i didn't i don't think i would have called it that at the time but <laughs> can you call it comedy if nobody's laughing right <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i i was having fun because i was drinking and like being weirdo yeah and then so at what point did you discover that? Oh my gosh, being you know drinking and being a weirdo is not getting me anywhere. I have to actually be good. 
yeah i mean just that like jealousy of my probably other people i was doing (laughs) like when they start people i started with i feel like we're all like the camaraderie and then i feel like them start to pass me Uh, and what does that mean in chicago getting like a a spot on a lincoln lounge show or what I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't pretty, know. I'm legitimately asking. I mean, <laughs> I've they heard do that like, Lincoln Lodge like, is a good, they is do a good like place. They do like there, so you could pretty much get a show there. Right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's so no, they're they they getting better, at the Laugh Factory or what? There's better and worse shows at the Lincoln Lodge. But I mean, I just like in general, just like getting shows. Uh, I don't get, I don't know. I haven't been tr- trying hard to get into that stuff lately. I've been like on this weird different path where I just want to kind of like be more writing comedy and and like putting together albums and stuff yeah. so i i mean i always wanted to do comedians you should know like i thought that was like the best show in chicago oh yeah How's i still that? think it is okay probably and you can't do it you have an album i've got to i've gotten to do it a few times now and okay. ever since then i haven't like wanted to do another show like i've done the laugh factory i've done zany's uh, you're saying it's such Star. a such a quality show but like it, it's such a quality show that it ruined the comedian you should know has ruined you for all other shows because it's so good well yeah it's like i've gotten to do all the good shows and so it's like hard for me to be like what's the next thing i guess like uh, i should be doing theaters but i'm not gonna be doing theaters anytime soon i got no fans at all right <laughs> it's just like i don't know it's hard for me to think about in terms of like what are your goals within stand-up like i guess you want to get jfl do you want to get like, what's the next steps for you as a comedian? And I kind of just want to write comedy. Like, so I've been more focused on that, I guess. I mean, I like the albums and stuff, but really what I liked about Chicago is the fact that I got a real crowd. Because, like, the, yeah. that, the, the fact that I killed at the Cubby Bear, it was pretty much just me, like, going off the cuff. But then I go to New York, and I did some open mics in Greenwich Village, and it was dog shit. Like, yeah. it was just a couple other comedians. They're not paying attention at all you know and it just didn't work at all because i also then just started doing material and then they could see punchline they could smell punchlines coming a mile away so i should have stuck with with my improv shit but um i mean like, i to I, get a real audience though i mean is that really yeah. like that's all you need to get your albums vetted to call your next hour is to make sure you get a real audience so where do you do that in chicago yeah. well all right so like uh in chicago like all those shows that i named are awesome and uh i just you know, like you want to be doing these shows all the time. And I just don't uh, put in the energy that I should to do that. I do like go a, a fair amount. I'll just go on the road like a little bit to like, oh. like cities around Chicago where I can get more like to prepare for my album in particular. I, I did a bunch of shows in Iowa, actually. Oh, well, Iowa City, Iowa City or no? Yeah, Iowa City was one of them, or not, I did Cedar Rapids and Cedar Falls and Des Moines, like, there's all these cities that are, like, four hours away driving, and... So what'd you do? I mean, like, did they just have a mic, and they were like, all right, I mean, you can come try to entertain our people, good luck. They have, like, book shows and stuff, and, and okay. like, they have, like, a comedy night at, like, a bar, or there's a little club in uh-huh. Lucky Cat that's really, actually, a nice club, and I mix, I mix up if it's Cedar Falls or Cedar Rapids, it's one of those two, but Lucky okay. Cat's nice little club i did okay and so like you're just showing up in your ringer you have like an hour of of dope shit you know underage <laughs> drinking the, <laughs> the defending underage drinking bit just killed because nobody else was ready for for comedy night at the lucky cat yeah well no no it was i mean that's a comedy club like oh, okay a, i think i'm talking yeah. about co- the other comedy the, the comedy nights you've mentioned so there's like a comedy night at a bar like you show up and you're just a ringer everybody's <laughs> looking at you like motherfucker stay in chicago yeah <laughs> you're too funny here all right come on I think I, me look there's, bad. Some, there's some really funny people all over like uh yeah, oh, absolutely. 
when I was new, when I was new in comedy, I felt I, it was really hard for me to get stage time in front of a real crowd. So we, me and my friend Dave used to go, Dave Lasso used to go on the road all the time, like just to get stage time because uh, it was hard to get booked on shows in Chicago. Also shows in Chicago, like when you do get booked, you're doing like eight to 10 minutes usually, unless you can get the headlining spot. So it's like these short spots and we were trying, we wanted to, you know, like develop our hour and all that. Yeah. So we, we would go, we, me and him did the road like 18 days one time. We went all the way, you know, all the way to the, to the East coast and, and we went to Atlanta for like a week and then we came back to New Orleans for like a week. And, and so you do, do, do you just do, like you said, you kind of like, I don't know, scout the local comedy scene. And the minute you find any opportunity where somebody like you can get up and tell some jokes, you call that place. Yeah, you do that. You just like, um, connect with. I, oh, one thing that really helped us is we ran a show in Chicago at a comic book shop that was like really popular. Oh, what was it called? Wet it Cash. Called the Yeah Buddy Awesome Time. I loved Wet Cash. There's one in New York now, I think. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I don't know if the same are the same people doing it. Wet it Cash? was the same. It was like people from Chicago moved to New York. Okay. Uh, started one there. Wet Cash was awesome too. I loved Wet Cash. Well, what uh, was your your one? Your yours had a cool name. What was it? It was called the Yeah Buddy Awesome Time. This was like years ago. <laughs> And it, it, yeah, buddy. Awesome time. Yeah. Comic book shops are a good uh, place for that, right? Like comedy works well with them. Did Wet yeah, Cash go out of a comedy shop? Yeah, it was also in a comic book shop. Yeah. Uh, there was that show Meltdown also. So it was like it was like a, there was like a weird era of like DIY co uh, comedy shows in weird locations. Yeah, because the, the, those people are fans, too. So if you're a comedy fan, chances are you're also going to pick up a comedy, a comic book there when you're uh, seeing a show. Yeah, yeah. It was like a little bit, yeah, it's more for nerdy, kind of like, kind of be more alt kind of stuff. Okay. We, we would have people do characters and stuff, be more outrageous, like. That's cool. Uh, yeah. And then um, through that, we would always book uh, traveling comedians or like hit up whoever, whoever's at the clubs this weekend, you know, like, let's see if we can get them to do our show. And then you stay connected with them. And then when you're going to Atlanta, uh -huh. you hit up. You hit up Joe Pettis because you met Joe Pettis when he did his traveling underwear show. Oh, yeah. that's that's cool. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning so much, and it's just so funny because I can't do stand-up comedy just because of the you know fucks up my digestive system. Like, but I mean, it's it's really like I love talking with you guys. So I, I don't know why I'm picking up all this information and being like, oh, that's how that's done. <laughs> like I'm piecing together this big puzzle that I've never like. It's like a blind guy piecing together a puzzle. It's like I'll never be able to look at the fucking puzzle when it's done. But man, do I enjoy piecing it together. <laughs> but but I learned from I learned from Cool Jason Melton. He can be found everywhere at Cool Jason Melton um, at Twitter and instagram and someday he's going to beat down the real the other jason melton and jason melton's going to come crying like that first girlfriend is but also jason melton comedy.com jason melton thank you so much for coming on yeah man thanks for having me this was awesome